0: With just how they're writing, they key in on such an intricate level of detail that it almost, you know, you can literally go back to a point in time and say, wow, that metaphor actually fits exactly right there, you know, in the kind of the same way almost a country song does. Obviously, they're not country, but they have that same idea of storytelling in their songs that I think really does identify with people.
1: You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. It's been a while since we've had a new one, but we are back. Um, It's the spring season. It's bitter cold, um, but we're making the best of it. And I'm excited because I got a couple guests on the show today. Kyle Schultz, who you know in Chicago. Kyle, what's up?
2: Hello, hello. Uh, everything's frosty,
1: <laughs> of course. And uh, we've got an additional guest today, Nadia Paiva. Nadia, hey,
0: how you guys doing?
1: Pretty good, and better than Kyle. <laughs> if you uh, <laughs> if you come to the site. You know who Nadia is by now. She joined us as a writer late last year and has been a writing machine, honestly. She's been cranking out a ton of reviews, uh, some event coverage. It's been awesome. We've enjoyed having her at the site, and uh, we decided it was time to get her on a podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Wonder Years today, talking about the new album. And, And it's crazy to me, like, there's been so much new music that's been coming out over the past few weeks that it's like I can't even process it. Like I, I haven't been able to keep up with everything. There's been Cardi B, The Weeknd, my favorite band, Under Oath, put out a new album. The Wonder Years. There's more stuff on the way. Um, but The Wonder Years is an album that Nadia reviewed for It's All Dead. Um, it's one of Kyle and i's favorite bands as well. So we kinda wanted to talk a little bit about the album, how we felt about it. There's been a lot of I think people all agree that it's good, but I think there's more conversation to be had than that. We got to we got to figure this out, so we're going to do that today. Um, but before we get into that, I want to um, I want to ask you Nadia, because like I say, you joined the site writing for us last year, and now here you are on the podcast. But before we have a conversation, I feel like you need to tell us uh, and everybody that's listening who you are. Like, how did How did you end up contacting me? You sent me an email about It's All Dead. Um, How did that happen? How did you get into this music? And uh, what brings you here that tonight we're on recording this podcast?
0: Yeah, sounds like a good plan. So I've been listening to music for, I mean, obviously ever, just like everybody. Um, But I really started getting into my own sort of music in my early teens. So, you know, 14, 15. And I actually can't remember when I started reading slash listening to It's All Dead. Um, I actually started with the podcast and then started reading the site. And so one day, uh, you, Kyle, had tweeted, or I guess maybe it was the site, uh, had tweeted that they were looking for, you know, some contributors. And I said to myself that that's me. I can contribute. And so I sent you an email and here we are.
1: Yeah. And contribute, you have, which has been (laughs) really awesome. Um, And I guess uh, one of the first things I remember from one of the conversations we had had is that you were a big fan of The Wonder Years, um, which is great because, I mean, it's all dead. We've written pretty extensively about The Wonder Years. So you were going to review this album. Tell me a little bit about how you got into The Wonder Years. What, What was your first interaction with them what was the first album of theirs that you had heard
0: all right so this is gonna be totally ridiculous (laughs) but i this is the worst thing ever i have a tumblr Uh, i don't really use it that much anymore i promise but i have a tumblr and so you know all those internet art people you know make those lyric you know art with Uh the, the trees in the background and stuff and um, I had seen the lyrics for I Just Want to Sell Up My Funeral, which is the last song off of The Greatest Generation, and I got really curious. So um, that was the first song that I actually listened to them, uh, The Wonder Years. Okay. And I kind of fell in love with it. So The Greatest Generation is my favorite album, but the first album that I was present for the entire you know, cycle was No Closer to Heaven. Okay. So I remember them announcing that. That is
2: an like amazing that. first nice. song to get exposed to as well. <laughs>
0: I know, really high expectations. Yeah. So,
1: and that's really interesting because it's a song that, like, I don't know, like, does callbacks to a whole bunch of other. Oh,
0: movies. yeah. So, when I listened to the album itself, I noticed that and I said to myself, this is the coolest <laughs> band ever. So, you know, of course, of course, I had, you know, fell in love with them.
1: So, so Kyle, I think I know your story with the one of Years. I've, I'm realizing as we're doing this, this is crazy because, like, Kyle and I met. Almost five years ago, exactly, um working together at angie's list, yeah. I remember we were both into the Wonder Years. I don't know your story of like the first time you heard them or how you got into them, but I know like all throughout our friendship, we've talked a lot about the Wonder Years together um a lot, like almost more than any other band, yet we've never done a podcast on them. We've never really done anything at length together discussing the Wonder Years, which is crazy. Um what is what was your introduction to that band?
2: I think we have avoided it because we've been afraid of Fisticuffs, but uh back when I was in college I was downloading a bunch of music and I accidentally somehow downloaded get stoked on it and <laughs> I listened to it and I wasn't a big fan of it but I knew the name of the band so they're just kind of in my universe for a little bit and I didn't pay them any attention and then um in 2010, I happened to go into a Hot Topic and just walk around the CDs they had sitting around and saw The Upsides. I just stared at the cover, recognized the band name, and just picked it up and listened to it in my car on my way, leaving. And halfway into the first song, I just had to pull over in the parking lot and just listen to like the first half of the album without moving, just reading the lyrics.
1: Yeah, that's really um, interesting because I remember... I don't know. We've just had so many conversations and it's hard for me to like piece it all together. But I I feel like one of the first kind of albums that we had bonded over, talked about together, Kyle, was um, Suburbia, I've Given You All and Now I'm Nothing. And that was a really important album for me. Um, I've written about it quite a bit, I feel like. And I I don't want to like bleed on about the same thing over and over again. But I was aware of the upsides when it came out. But when Suburbia came out, I bought it the day it came out and that album just crushed me. Um, I I don't know if I've ever heard an album that hit me at a point in my life that was speaking as though it was speaking my experience in the way that Suburbia did. Um, So much so that I still have plans to write a book around this year of my life that coincides so directly track by track with Suburbia. Um, but I also remember when Greatest Generation came out, how excited we were for it. Um and again, another incredible album that really hit me right where I was at. Um and still one of my, I, I still think that the Greatest Generation is the band's best album. Oh
0: definitely. Um,
1: and <laughs> No closer to heaven came out a couple of years ago. I reviewed that one, gave it a great review. I almost never go back to it, um, and I, I wondered to myself about why that was. I didn't know if, like, maybe the wonder years have just passed me by, or I'm not really—it's just not a thing for me. So I was really interested to see how I would react when Sister Cities came out. And the the funny thing is, of course, it came out the same day that my favorite band put out their first album in eight years under oath. So it was hard for me to give it the attention it deserved. Um, and I've listened to it a couple times. I've listened to it enough to go, huh, this is pretty good. Sounds like the Wonder Years. Um, but it's not, it didn't catch on for me. And I'm kind of interested to get both of your perspectives. Um, Cause Nadia, I know you gave it a fantastic review. You loved it. So I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about, how you feel now a couple weeks later about Sister Cities, how it feels for you compared to, you know, everything else that you've heard from the Wonder Years. How do you feel like it's an album that's gonna stick with you?
0: All right. So for you know, some preparation's sake, I actually went back and listened to the majority of their discography. The only one I didn't listen to was get stoked on it because it's not on Spotify. Sure. Um and I just didn't feel like <laughs> trying to find it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's an awful album, but, uh, so I listened to everything right in chronological order. Cause you know how that's how I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, um, I feel like it's, there's certain aspects that are definitely they're at their best, but I don't think it's their best album. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um, obviously the greatest generation is their best album. And when that's your, what is it? Fourth ish, fourth album. And, that, and it's that good, it's really hard to follow that up with anything. Um, yeah,
1: so so, what, so makes, what makes The Greatest Generation better than Sister Cities for you?
0: I feel like it might just be, first of all, the continuity through the whole thing. I'm a huge fan of that in an yeah. album. Um, and I don't feel like Sister Cities has that quite as much. It's a little bit more uh, all over the place. Um, but I think that's obviously just their creative genius at work you know and growing so that's not necessarily a bad thing but when i do listen to an album i do take that into account and no closer to heaven um came at a point that was really important for me kind of like you know the upsides did for you but mine was no closer to heaven uh and so just thinking about those albums and kind of where i was when i listened to them make them stand out more for me sure um but sister cities is a great album I mean, I think it's just some of their best and most creative lyrics. And the music is just so intricate that it just – it gives you a new um, perspective on just how talented the whole group is.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no way that you can listen to Sister Cities and not recognize, like, how talented this band is at writing songs. And you bring up the – kind of the continuity piece or just kind of, like, tying it all together with, like, this – this thread this narrative that kind of runs through it that's something that's very present within an album like suburbia the greatest generation and yeah, Kyle I know uh, the, the the first thing that you and I talked about with this was that it did feel disjointed and i think it's i think it might be purposefully disjointed just because of the nature of it it's talking about their travels and city to city and so the tracks are going to have a different feel but it, it to me and i think to you as well Kyle it felt very obviously it didn't have the f- flow that some of their other, other albums did
2: Yeah no um, the other albums you know there's a continuous storyline of uh, progression and emotion that kind of goes from song to song and from album to album and you can chart its course and with Sister Cities there's the basic theme of uh, travel and being around the world in different cities and stuff but nothing's really holding it together other than a lyric every now and then of pens and string connecting things that's that's the only thing connecting the album together. It's just uh, it it doesn't quite flow thematically or uh, sonically as much as a lot of their right. past disc- discography has.
1: Yeah, and I think that was a challenge for me. Um, and I, I will say that may be one of the things that keeps me from going back to it as much as I would something like the Greatest Generation. Oh, you'll that's an back album. Say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's.
2: Sorry to I'm, throw you off there.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. I'm, I'm, I am I guess I'm having trouble rap. That's one of the things for me that I, I've liked so much about The Wonder Years. And I, I'm a full album kind of guy. Um, and I, I've talked about that ad nauseum. I mean, o- over time, at, you know, through this podcast and in my writing, I, I enjoy taking in an album as a whole thing, um, which is ma- what makes something like The Greatest Generation so easy to do. Um, but one thing I want to talk about with this, and I, I want to talk about like our favorite songs from sister cities and and some of the, the things that we really like about it, but Nadia, something you brought up that kind of made me think that we need to key on key in on here. Is that something I feel with the wonder years and people that follow this band, people that like this band, They like it because they identify so much with a certain album. Just when I talked about my experience with Suburbia, I mean, it was almost painful how much I identified with that album. Like people are at different points in their life. This band comes along and whatever album it is, like Nadia for You, It Was No Closer to Heaven, just clicks in this way. There's something different about the Wonder Years than like some of their peers and that they have the ability to connect on that very human level with a listener. Um,
0: I kind I, of have an explanation for that too.
1: Yeah. Go for it.
0: So um, I, I don't know if you listen to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Where I do. History.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so did you listen to the episode about country music?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I kind of feel like they have the same vibe there um, mm-hmm. with just how they're writing. They key in on such like an intricate level of detail that it almost you know you can literally go back to a point in time and say wow that metaphor actually fits exactly right there you know in the kind of the same way almost a country song does obviously they're not country um you know obviously but they have that same idea of storytelling in their songs that i think really does identify with people
2: well it's a it's vivid imagery where it's something like the fountain was on and you know kind of the closest fountain that's to your hometown you you know exactly what that is um just it's almost song for song though it's just it's vague enough imagery that you can picture it perfectly so that the yeah. lyrics just stand out so vivid in your head
0: and you that image for me oh sorry Kyle. no go ahead um but that image for me is in the greatest generation song we could die like this when he talks about you know a heart attack shoveling snow i live in new england and we got you know a ton, we get a ton of snow every every winter and that's such a common thing that happens that that's like the image for me is always their snow imagery like in pyramids of salt when they say you know it's getting close to the winter and you know pyramids of salt so like I feel like there is definitely an image for everybody in the wonder years that depending on where you live or what you've gone through there's definitely a a metaphor or something that they have written that like goes right along with your life
1: yeah, that is a, a very real thing. And, you know, I've got all kinds of those that connected with me from suburbia, yeah. just like Coffee Eyes starts off with him reading, literally reading a receipt from like this this diner that he and all of his friends like hung out in. And you you hear that and you're taken to that place. Like I hear the song Coffee Eyes and I visualize myself and my friends at 2 a.m. when we're in college in this diner. Or when I hear my life as a pigeon, he's talking about, you know, another double shift. I was working a job where I had this shitty weekend double shift at the time. Like there were, there are were all these things I could tie to and be like, yes, I know that feeling. That is exactly where I'm at in my life. And it's it's been fascinating to see how well this band has been able to write in that way. And obviously, Dan Campbell specifically in his lyrics um, did did... Either of you find those sorts of connections on Sister Cities in the way that you have on other albums?
2: I. Yeah. I personally did not. I uh, didn't have the connection, but I saw the story he was trying to tell and I appreciated the imagery, but I didn't connect to it.
1: So, what did you find, Nadia?
0: All right. So, I kind of did write about that in my review a little bit uh, towards the end when I was talking about the ocean. Um, That's a huge thing in my family is going to the beach obviously again we live in new england so we live right near the ocean um and that's just a huge like almost character in our life story is the beach and the ocean and um so the fact that they reference the ocean so much in this album uh in like travel and you know just kind of moving around and seeing different places uh definitely that's something that connected with me for sure
1: yeah, that makes sense. So, um, and yeah. that, that was actually a really great part of the review. And I, I think that's probably the best song on the album too. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, definitely. agree.
1: We'll get into that a little bit later. But I had trouble connecting with some of the stuff on here. and I, To the point that I actually, I, I had joked uh, with Kyle privately. Uh, because there's a line, I, I'm, I was listening to the album and Kyle and I were chatting. And I was listening to the third track, It Must Get Lonely. And there's a line in the song. as as Kyle and I are talking about the Wonder Years album Soupy Sings I saw a bag of Clementine split right open on an English street and that's probably the most Wonder Years line that I've ever heard in my life and I don't even know what it means I'm sure somebody (laughs) heard that line and like started to well up and get choked up (laughs) just like i did when i heard like other wonder your songs but i just didn't have any of those experiences with this album for whatever reason so right now there's
2: a guy in manchester england just crying openly in the streets
0: (laughs) yeah he gets me man i heard that line and for some reason i got it right away for i for no apparent reason i'm like yeah i feel that so tell you my total emo self
1: so that's, amazing. It. that's amazing tell me tell me how that line impacts you what does that mean? i have
0: that? no idea why like i could that not tell you
2: why answer too but, yeah. i mean i
0: don't know maybe just maybe just something small and inanimate being crushed in the middle of the road like in the middle of the big mm-hmm. world you know having no you know no no way to speak for itself i don't know Damn. maybe that's what it is
1: jesus <laughs> <laughs> that was really deep
2: sorry whoops
1: oh i love it now, that's incredible that's one of those things and, it kind of struck
2: me like uh, not- i had a bunch of poetry classes in uh, college for my writing studies and one of the things that really stuck out is just you're always looking for the tiniest of details as something for inspiration and that's one of the yeah. things i have noted on this album a lot there's a bunch of tiny details and tiny imagery that just gets mentioned and swept past and it's I feel like that's kind of what he was shooting for, just looking for these tiny images that he could just mention, but it, it doesn't really, nothing really comes of it in the end. That's my big issue with it. So I, I, I appreciate the imagery, but it, it well, goes yeah. by too quick.
0: But I think it almost is another picture of that whole travel thing. You know, when you're on tour in, in a band, it's, you know, one night in here, you know, next night you're in the airport, you know, trying to get to your next show. So you don't really often have just a day to go explore. You know, you're on your way to the the airport. You know, in a bus in England, and you know, you see a bag of clementines in the middle of the road. I don't know. So that just is, that kind that, of um, like fleeting.
2: You that know, is so true. Make I'm humiliated. Filler. I didn't think of it. <laughs> 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 well, I
1: what I kind of take away from all this is that even though Sister Cities didn't connect with me, even though I don't go back to No Closer to Heaven that much, I have no doubt or let me put it a different way. I wouldn't be surprised if the next one to yours album hits me right in the chest again. Like I, I think that this band has that ability, like not maybe not every single album is going to connect with you on this real deep personal level. So if your first connection with this band was being hit in that way, then you might not feel that way with every single album. Cause not every album is the same, right? Not every album is telling the same story and we're not all living the, the same life. So there's nothing to say that the next Wonder years album won't be that for me because I don't know where my life will be in two years. But that's, I think that's what, that's why even though sister cities didn't connect with me, even though I may not listen to it a lot, I still love the wonder years because I believe in them and their songwriting ability and the humanness of that band and that, I fully, am, I'm thankful for all the ways that their music has been a big part of my life. And I'm still hopeful for ways that it, it could be going forward. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So uh, Nadia, you already mentioned The Ocean Grew Hands to Hold Me it was your favorite song on the album. Were there yeah. other songs that you, stuck out to you as well? or uh, I mean,
0: in in a way, all of them did. Um, mm. Except for one of them Which obviously I'm sure we'll talk about When you know we get to the things that we weren't so keen on mm. um, But the first listen Through the album It Must Get Lonely was my favorite okay. um, I think I just liked it sonically It was just kind of a new direction for them So I kind of really liked how they had changed some stuff up
1: Yeah what um, was, For sure What was your favorite song Kyle?
2: Uh, my favorite song is Raining in Kyoto
1: Okay. I, I like What's how that? heavy
2: it is I like the depth of the. It's the only song I feel like Really sounds like a Wonder Years song And th- yeah. that's actually the one I connect to the most Because uh, I was in Kyoto 15 years ago now Jesus And uh, I kind of had that memory Of just being an ocean away from anyone I know And just kind of the loneliness And the fear you have being you know, In a foreign country uh, You're enjoying yourself But you know you need to get back soon
1: yeah, man, that's really good. I uh, I don't have any great stories for best songs in this album. And I, I probably won't pick one here, but what I will say is that this album, more than any other Wonder Years album, I want to say, is much more diverse sonically. Um, yeah. It's I I even hesitate calling it a pop punk album just because it feels like there's there's a lot of different elements at play here, which is a, a smart move for the band um so this almost feels like an album to me like the greatest generation i want to put it on i want to put the record on my turntable and listen to it front to back sister cities feels like an album that you could pick and choose from do you, do you guys feel that
2: yeah very much so
0: yeah i agree and i kind of have already <laughs> um there are songs that stand out to me that i definitely prefer to listen to cool
1: well you mentioned nadia that there was a song that you weren't so crazy about what what yes. was that
0: uh it's the ghosts of right now Okay. So for that song, I don't know. I kind of, along with Raining in Kyoto, I kind of feel like that does sound very Wonder Years esque. But it also, I feel like it belongs on No Closer to Heaven. Like, I feel like it could have gone right after Palm Reader, you know? Mm. Um, Like, I just, the way it's so heavy, I mean, and especially in between, you know, We Look Like Lightning and When the Blue Finally Came are kind of two very different directions for them. Um, and the ghost of right now just didn't really, I don't know. I almost feel like it didn't fit.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Were there any songs for you, Kyle, that kind of stuck out that you were kind of not, not so crazy about?
2: Um, there's not really any that I'm not crazy about. It's just, uh, they don't hit me as much as I expected them to considering this is my favorite band. If anything, I'd say sister cities is the one that stands out in a bad way it uh it doesn't fit in with the rest of the sound it's it seems like the obligatory rock song that's just thrown in there and uh my main thing with sister cities is i feel like my opinion is it's an album that will age very well i think in five years we'll still be kind of looking back on it more fondly than we are now but it's the first album of theirs where i feel like they've stuck they're not quite innovating the way they have on their last records and instead they've taken in too many influences and we're hearing that like you can see a lot of aaron west in this yes uh sister cities sounds like a taking back sunday song you can hear weezer in some of it just the way the guitar chugs along it's uh it's really weird it, the thing that sounds the most like the one years in this is dan campbell
1: <laughs> yeah that's interesting
0: yeah definitely
1: i so here's the thing like the Clearly, they kind of moved their sound forward on this. Um, like we've already mentioned, they, they diversified themselves a little bit, which is probably a good thing um, for that band. And anybody can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this band kind of ushered in the new pop punk wave. I don't know, maybe seven, oh, eight no, years right. ago. They kind no, of right. like reignited that scene and then a whole bunch of other bands like Real Friends and I mean there, there's been a whole litany of bands that have kind of come up and and, and followed suit with them do either of you feel like and, and the thing is like Sister Cities debuted at number five in terms of album sales on the billboard so the band's still clearly ve- very relevant and at kind of the forefront of the genre. Do you see other bands that have kind of followed in their footsteps, maybe I don't know, taking something away from Sister Cities and the way that they're thinking about writing albums?
2: I think anyone that kind of grew up as a uh, companion piece to The Wonder Years, like kind of a cheap, uh, not rip-off, I j- lost all the words in the English language right now, but they kind of developed themselves in the pop-punk sound coming up thinking, you know, they see The Wonder Years getting the success doing that, uh, and they followed that exact model. Maybe this will inspire them to actually try something new and really diversified uh it'll help usher in a new sound just like it helped revive uh, the punk sound
0: yeah i agree i'm interested to see what real friends does with their new album definitely for sure you mentioned real friends i'm very interested to see how they have grown since you know their last album
2: i am too i'm very yeah. excited about that <laughs> yeah, so,
1: oh. yeah and that's coming out this that, year right yeah, yeah i so. can't wait cool um Nadia, in terms of your time in this genre, do you feel where where do you place the Wonder Years? So the Wonder Years kind of stand above a lot of their peers for you and a, a band oh, that yeah. So talk they're, a little bit about the, that. Obviously, yeah. Obviously,
0: they're they're the absolute best. They're really the bar for everybody to aim for, and not I like I don't want to say they sh- everybody should copy them, but I mean I wouldn't be upset if every every band sounded like the wonder years just because it's so good yeah um but yeah no definitely they're on top so you've got you know knuckle puck you've got um real friends i'm trying to think moose blood even though they're a little you know on the fritz neck deep all these bands definitely grew up listening to you're taking back sundays your newfound glories all of them but i feel like now they're drawing inspiration from the wonder years and i think that's what sets the wonder years apart because they're a newer band, you know, in the, you know, grand scheme of musical time, but they've made such an impact that they're just it's impossible to, you know, mention pop punk and not think of the Wonder Years.
1: Yeah. Kyle, so. what do you what do you think this album does in terms of the Wonder Years legacy? Cuz I feel like they've done a really smart thing to kind of shift their legacy a little bit and and kind of open up new possibilities for how we'll think about this band 10 years from now?
2: Yeah, I've actually been curious about that because um, Sister Cities is not my favorite album by the band. Uh, It's a very good one, but it's not my favorite. That said, after No Closer to Heaven, I don't think there's a direction they could have gone in uh, other than this. You know, just the way they write their music, they couldn't go back and rewrite the upsides or anything like that or even try to do that again. So they push that weird sound they have for Sister Cities. And one of the things I'm actually kind of curious about is... So The Upsides, Suburbia, and The Greatest Generation, no one really could tell that that was a trilogy of sorts until the final one came out. And I'm curious, in the middle of that again, where the first trilogy is about, you know, all the inward emotion and uh, fighting you have, and then with No Th- Closer to Heaven, he started pushing outwards, and now Sister Cities is looking at the world as a whole. I'm curious if there's a trilogy at work that we just don't know about, which is taking this more alternative approach uh, writing style and applying it to the world at large and kind of looking at a bigger picture that isn't focusing so much inwards.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating.
0: Yeah, I feel like that might be where we're going only because um, I listened to this album probably 100 times. I think I listened to it seven (laughs) times in a row today. Just trying to (laughs) make sure I remember everything. And what I noticed um, outside of just enjoying the album as a whole, I kind of started looking at it lyrically. And there are a few callbacks, Nadia Piva, your resident one-year's conspiracy theorist.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so I have a couple. Do you want to hear them, or do you yeah, yeah you built heard. it up. You have to share so, them. All <laughs>
1: right.
0: So they have a few. I mean, now I'm sure there are more. I haven't gotten into them. I was on the clock. I wasn't supposed to be on my phone. But whatever. so, um, I thought that the fact that there's a song called when the blue finally came and then no closer to heaven has the bluest things on earth. That was definitely something that I had thought about. And also a song for Ernest Hemingway in sister cities, the references to dogs. Um, they are a little bit of, you know, he kind of compares himself to a dog in both songs, you know, in sister cities, he's oh, yeah. a stray dog. And in Ernest Hemingway, you know, I'll the be your- here. Oh, hold up. hold oh, yes. Black Hound. There you go. <laughs>
1: wow and
0: yeah so there are a couple from even um even the the greatest generation too um passing through a screen door in sister cities both have that line about how he's always looking for a way out and then mm-hmm. obviously the dismantling summer and raining in Kyoto are both kind of about you know not being there when really somebody needs you and in that in that case they are talking about you know as somebody's dying um yeah. but yeah so those are the big things that I I kind of saw as I just took a quick glance at the lyrics i'm sure there's more but
1: you yeah know. I, I had not picked up on the dog thing at all that's really interesting cool stuff well i again i feel confident even though sister cities will not go down as my favorite one Years album i feel confident in my admiration of this band and what's to come for this band um should they continue to make music and i have no reason to believe they won't um i'm i think the the possibilities are always going to be there just because the spain is clearly one of the most talented in their genre um and has been for several years now so props to the wonder years um i'm gonna shift real hard right now in a way that nobody's prepared for but it's because i i just don't have anybody to talk to Talk to about under oath <laughs> did either of you listen <laughs> i'm dropping this on you like a bomb but you know if you know me that you shouldn't be surprised and you know i don't know okay did either of you listen to erase me
0: i did yes. you know i did
1: okay <laughs> I knew so tell me what you think it and i
0: said i better listen to it i thought it was great cool i thought it was a good album I only listened to it like twice, uh, so I know I'm not going to have you know all the opinions that you want. But I thought it was a great, great album. Kyle,
1: I know I've worked really hard to get you into Under Oath, and the in the years, the you know, well, gosh, I said five years earlier. It's been like six. Um, yeah, sorry.
2: Uh, oh, it, it. <laughs> oh, you're funny. yes. Oh, should I uh, relate my They're Only Chasing Safety story? Oh, yes.
1: So um, definitely. Nobody's heard this story but me, and it's one of the best things. I'm sad, but I'm also uh, really, it makes me laugh. It makes me happy, too.
2: I uh, don't know. Well, good. So, uh, Kyle's been trying to get me into Under Oath for years, and prior to us becoming friends, I got the album They're mm-hmm. Only Chasing Safety from somewhere, I don't know from where, and I absolutely hated it like, I thought it was a garbage album and, you know, it's always brought up as one of those great, just metalcore uh, albums, and each time I was just like, oh yeah, it's so cool <laughs> I totally understand so uh, when Under oath had their reunion tour, Kyle and I went to see them in Chicago two years ago now, mm-hmm. and they were amazing live, one of the best live shows I've ever seen, and I've seen them live a couple more times since then uh, fantastic, but I would listen to define the great line. And, uh, you know, I got erased me. I loved it went back to they're only chasing safety and absolutely hated the album. And I didn't understand why. And, uh, it's just one of those things that I never really looked into past. Like I had my one or two albums I listened to and never really looked beyond those. So I went to the under a -A 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 secret show, uh, two weeks ago in Chicago and they played a lot of songs from there like safety. And I wanted to find those uh, singles. So I went to find them in my iTunes and they were not in the album and I'm staring at it. The track it's dangerous to go out your front door. It was 12 minute long, 12 minutes long. And I just finally realized that for the better part of 14 years, I've had an imposter album sitting as under oath when it was not. And I have hated them for years because of that.
1: That is insane.
2: So I downloaded the actual, they're only chasing safety album and it's, it's the best. It really is. And I've wasted so many years being an angry fuck for no reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is. So this is amazing. I, I love the idea of you going like over a decade thinking that like one album is a thing but it actually isn't like i i don't even that's crazy to me like how how did you never even hear it like a friend was playing it or something
2: uh well i i don't have friends that listen to music they're all terrible <laughs> and you know every time we'd listen to it it was live or it was in a car or something just it never clicked and i just never really investigated it myself and uh then when i did it was just it was so disappointing.
1: Oh, man. I love it. Well, you've heard they're only chasing safety for real now. You've also heard Erase Me. Uh, what did you think about Erase Me?
2: I really love Erase Me. Um, I I like the fact because I'm drawn more to uh, the pop style than I am, you know, the screaming metal uh, aspects. So I'm really drawn into it because of that. I. Uh, It's one of those things where I I don't know enough about the band to really have an opinion of it other than it's good. Um, I like the fact that it's an album that I can sing along to and not just kind of whisper angrily as, you know, the Mm -hmm. shouting is going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Nadia, what was your first, uh, do you remember the first time you heard Under Oath or is that even a band that you've ever listened to?
0: Uh, Don't discount me. Of course I listened <laughs> to On Neuro.
1: Okay, well, I didn't um, know. <laughs> uh,
0: so I was a big fan of Tooth and Nail, which I think we kind of talked about one time when we were young. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Um, I think, you know, talking on the phone one time or something. And so, yeah, um, I was a big fan of Aaron Gillespie and Tooth and Nail and everything that they had done. So I didn't actually realize that Aaron Gillespie was in Tooth and Nail until one day I was listening to – hold up, let me get this right – too bright to see too loud to hear those long mm-hmm. song names really get me um and i was like huh that sounds like aaron gillespie and obviously sure enough it was aaron gillespie and so yeah that's kind of my first under Earth song that i really listened to which not a great song to get into Underoath.
1: yeah it's kind of a weird one even
0: though it's a great song it's also very soft and not very heavy mm-hmm. uh so i was a little misled but it's fine uh, so yeah, and I never really got into them. I wasn't really into the metal too much, um, but I did like their 2010 album. I thought that was really good. And then obviously they, you know, dropped off the radar. Yeah. Um, but Erase Me is a great album. I really liked. I think it's. I think it's No Frame. I did pull up the track listing for nice. myself so that I sounded educated. Um, but yeah, I thought No Frame was a great song, and yeah. I did really like the singles that they chose.
1: Well, I'm going to share some thoughts real quick. I, I was going to record this separately and like put it on the front of the podcast, but then I was like, uh, eh, that'll be weird. If people are tuned in to listen about the wonder years. Um, here's the thing. I really like erase me and I, I love it. Um, and I'm biased because I'm a, a huge under oath <laughs> fan, but in my unbiased opinion, I'm going to say this because, If anybody that follows the band, you know, you know how outspoken they've been about people frustrated about their new direction or their their thoughts about things. Here's the thing with that. And I'm gonna say this for both fans and for the band themselves. Like Under Oath has been a band that I've followed for a very long time. And if you're a fan of the band that's been around with them, you know how each album changes. Like there's no two under oath albums alike. Um, they've always pushed themselves for, they've always, uh, pushed themselves to do something different. So when I heard a race me, was coming out. When I heard a new album was coming out, the last thing I thought to myself was, boy, I hope this sounds like they're only chasing safety. Boy, I hope this sounds like Define the great line. No, of <laughs> course not. The thing I love right. about under oath is the fact that they have pushed ahead into new ground, new territory. Um, the other bands would follow. That That's what made them so great in my mind. Yes, I love their songs. Yes, um, I, I thought they were a great live show, all these things. But the thing I loved most about Under Oath is that they were so progressive. And Race Me is an album that feels that way. Now, do you have to like the style of music that Erase Me is? No, not necessarily. And if you don't, that's okay. Um, but to think that the band was going to do something they did 10, 12 years ago is just seems strange to me now from the other side of the coin i can also remember that every single time an under oath album came out the message boards at absolute punk or you know wherever else would be filled with people uh, making comments, complaining about the, the new direction. And uh, a couple years later, those same people would be talking about how great the last album was. That's going to happen with this as well. So um, Under oath, I kind of feel like should be used to <laughs> people being like grumpy about yeah, their new definitely. music at this point. Um, but I, I would encourage, I, nobody from Under Earth is listening to this podcast, but I, I, if I were to speak to them, and I hope to soon, next month, um, I, I would encourage them to remember that um because I, I think erase me is a really great album um and i think it's something that uh, fans are even even the ones that are a little lukewarm on it now are gonna grow to enjoy so uh,
0: yeah they're such a controversial band you know like from their crossover stand you know standpoint mm-hmm. um obviously they go back and forth between their the crowds that they sort of cater to yeah so i mean i guess obviously that means everybody going to have some opinion but I thought it was a great album controversy aside um, if I had never known that they were on Tooth and Nail I would have thought it was a great yeah. album but they were on Tooth and Nail and it's still definitely a great album. so I don't really have any I mean I'm all for an artist you know or artists I guess they're all a group of them um, taking their own direction
1: yeah, absolutely
0: So I mean.
1: alright well I got uh, the under oath thing off my chest we talked about the Wonder Years <laughs> we introduced Nadia to the podcast audience this feels good hope everybody had a good time did you guys have fun (laughs) yeah very much cool we'll have to do it again um and let me tell you now we're recording this podcast on the day uh Kanye came back to Twitter this week he announced two new albums today the day that we're recording this it's Thursday April 19th I've already had Brock Benefiel on the phone um, right right after the tweet <laughs> there's going to be some more podcasts coming your way so I, I always feel funny about our podcast because we talk about so much I mean it's so uh, I mean we talk about music but we don't really have a common thread um, so here we are talking about the Wonder Years you're probably going to have some more Kanye podcasts coming your way I'm sorry um, but for everybody that listens for the Kanye stuff I'm sorry we talked about the Wonder Years today I don't know. You know what to expect at this point. Thank you for listening. Um, If you like our podcast, and I hope that you do, even after I just made really weird comments about it, um, pull up your favorite podcast app, go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review. That is really an important thing. We love when people uh, share their thoughts and leave a review on iTunes or your podcast app, whatever you kids use these days. Um, We appreciate that. And of course, come to the website. It's alldead.com. We've got a uh, a lot of content coming up this summer. Guys, there are some albums coming out. I hope you're ready to write some reviews. Um, I was just at the Echo Smith show here in Indianapolis this week. We got a, a feature coming on that with a photo gallery. So all kinds of cool stuff. Come check us out. It's com. Kyle, Nadia, thank you for joining me tonight. You thank too. you. And that'll do it. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.